0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of our triune God, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. That's impossible. Just think about how many times you've heard people say that, or maybe you yourself have said that phrase. We usually say it when we're talking about something that we don't think could ever happen. But just consider for a moment, if you were able to go back a little bit more than a hundred years ago, some of the things that we take for granted in our modern world that people would have said would be impossible. If you went back and told somebody that on a busy holiday weekend like this weekend, thousands of people would be going thousands of feet in the air and traveling across the country in a matter of hours, they would have said, that's impossible. That's impossible. Or if you would have told those same people that we would one day put men on the moon, they would say, that's ridiculous, that's impossible, that could never happen. Or even if you went to those NASA engineers who planned the moon landing, if you told them that they could take that giant computer that they had that took up an entire building and put it in something that fit inside of your pocket, they would say, that's impossible. There's no way that could ever happen. But as we think about some of these modern marvels, we realize how they pale in comparison to the amazing things that God did on behalf of his people. Just think of some of the impossible acts of our Lord. How with his strong, mighty arm he saved the people from the army of Pharaoh by splitting the waters of the Red Sea for the people to pass through on dry ground. How for 40 years in the wilderness he fed an entire nation of people with manna and quail from heaven. How he caused the walls of Jericho to fall with a mighty crash. How he made the sun stand still in the sky and how years later he would defeat the mighty Assyrian army as it was encamped around the walls of Jerusalem during the reign of King Hezekiah. These were indeed mighty and impossible acts of our God, but even those miracles pale in comparison with the great and mighty act that we hear about this morning in our gospel lesson, that mighty wonder that was proclaimed by the angel Gabriel to a meek and lowly maiden, that God would send his one and only son to be born of a virgin to save the world from sin. This incredible act of grace fulfilled all of the promises that God had made to his people and assures us that nothing is impossible with our God. Dear friends, all of humanity faces an impossible problem. To earn the eternal joy of heaven, God demands that we keep his law perfectly, that we fulfill all the requirements of that law, that we don't stumble in our lives into sin even once. This is an impossible burden that no human is able to fulfill. By nature, we are born dead in our trespasses and sin. By nature, we are born as enemies of God and hostile to him, unwilling to do his will. We are lost and condemned creatures. We deserve nothing but the wrath and punishment of God because Scripture reveals to us that every inclination of our hearts is only evil all the time. Even we believers who have been washed and reborn through the waters of baptism, even we must daily struggle with this burden of sin. We know the good that we want to do, and yet so often we find ourselves falling into temptation. We sin in our thoughts and our words and our deeds. We fail to meet that standard of holiness that our God demands, and we are so very very far from perfection you see God created us created mankind originally in that state of perfection in the image of God and yet that perfection was destroyed when Adam and Eve fell into sin in the garden of Eden when they listened to the lies of Satan that old crafty serpent and ate from the fruit that God had commanded them not to eat They destroyed their relationship with God. They closed the doors of eternal life in heaven and condemned the entire human race to sin and to death. All the descendants of Adam and Eve from that time on were born with a sinful nature, were born under God's wrath. There was nothing that Adam and Eve could do to repair this relationship with God. There was nothing that humanity could do to save themselves from this curse of sin. We could do nothing. But with, any, with God, anything is possible. God chose to act. God did not want to leave humanity in this wretched state, and so God made an impossible promise He promised Adam and Eve that one day from their descendants a Savior would come, a Savior who would crush the head of Satan, who would destroy the power of sin, death, and hell once and for all. This is the great and impossible promise that we see fulfilled in the proclamation of Gabriel to the Virgin Mary, that the time had fully come that God was now sending His Son into the world to redeem the world from sin. Now, throughout the long years of the Old Testament, God's people clung to this promise of a Savior. They waited in patient anticipation, knowing that God would fulfill His promises. But as the years rolled by, God intervened in the lives of His people and renewed His faithful promise. We see God often doing this with other impossible promises. Consider the impossible promise that he made to Abraham, that from Abraham's descendants the Savior would come, and yet Abraham knew that this was impossible because when God made this promise, Abraham was almost 100 years old. His wife was almost 90. It was impossible for them to have children, but nothing is impossible with God. And so God gave to Abraham this promise. He said, now look toward the sky and count the stars if you are able to count them. This is what your descendants will be like. God worked a miracle. Sarah gave birth to a son, Isaac. The line of the Savior continued. And from the descendants of Abraham, a mighty nation rose. But a nation that was trapped in slavery in Egypt. And so God promised to free his people, and he freed them with other impossible acts. How he brought them through the waters of the Red Sea. How he guided and nurtured that nation. How he remained faithful to the people of Israel even when they often rejected God. How he would send his prophets to them to bring them back to preserve the nation so that from it a Savior could be born. In the fullness of time, God chose for himself a young man, a man named David, who he anointed as his king, a man to whom God made another impossible promise. God promised to David, your house will stand firm and your kingdom will endure forever before you. Your throne will be established forever. This is a promise that only God could keep. Only God could ensure that a line, a throne, would be established forever. And yet we know that the line of David, that line of kings, was cut off. When the Babylonian army came in and destroyed the city of Jerusalem, the reign of, David, of kings of David ended. But God intervened. God preserved a stump of Jesse, and from that stump a branch would grow, the branch that would save all people from their sins. God was not talking to David about an earthly kingdom that would endure forever, but a heavenly kingdom, a kingdom of his Son. God promised to the people that a Savior would come. He promised that this would happen in an amazing and impossible way when he spoke through the prophet Isaiah. Therefore the Lord will give a sign for all of you. Look, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and name him Emmanuel. The angel Gabriel appeared to the virgin Mary and announced that now had come the time for this impossible promise of God to be fulfilled. Mary, gentle mary had been chosen to be the mother of the savior to be the mother of god most high now mary wasn't chosen because she was unique or special mary wasn't chosen because she had been given extra grace or was somehow sinless herself mary was a sinner just like you and me mary was an ordinary young woman from an ordinary small town But God chose her to be the mother of his son because he chose her out of love and grace and mercy. And dear friends, this is the exact same reason that God has chosen each and every one of us to be his dear children. Because there is nothing within us that we can do to make God love us. Instead, God loves us out of his grace and mercy and has chosen us to be his dear children because of that love. What an impossible promise! What an impossible miracle that the Virgin should be with child, and not just any child, but the Son of God Most High, conceived by the Holy Spirit. And we may ask ourselves, why would God act in this amazing and unique way? Well, God did this to fulfill the promises that He had made to His people, and God also did this because Jesus needed to be born without a sinful nature. Jesus needed to be perfect and holy. Jesus needed to be the Son of God so that he could do something that was impossible for any human to do, to live a life free from sin. As both true God and true man, Jesus was able to live under the burden of God's law and keep it perfectly in our place. He was able to do all the things that we could not. He was able to fulfill all the requirements of God's law. Yes, in a truly profound and unbelievable mystery, God, Jesus Christ, true God from eternity and all the mystery and wonder that that word entails. With all the might and majesty of God, Jesus was born as a tiny human baby. He became Emmanuel, God with us, so that he could be tempted in every way that we are and yet be without sin so that he could understand what it was to be a human, so he could feel pain and loss, so he could suffer for us, so that he could die for us, so that the Son of God Most High could be born to fulfill the requirements of God's prophecy, to fulfill the requirements of God and then offer that perfect and holy life as a sacrifice for the sins of the entire world. Jesus did all of this out of love for us. As we consider the mystery of his birth, we consider the mystery of his death, that God Most High allowed himself to be arrested, to be humiliated, to be tortured, and to be crucified all out of love for us so that he could give his perfect holiness to us as a gift and take our sins upon himself. As scripture tells us, God made him who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Dear friends, as we consider these amazing words of the angel Gabriel this morning and his promise to Mary, we are reminded of the faithfulness of our God. We are reminded that our God always keeps his promises, that he kept the impossible promise to save us from our sin, and that God continues to keep the impossible promises he made to us. The impossible promise that through water and word we are born again. The impossible promise that where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is with them, the impossible promise that he gives to us his body and his blood for the forgiveness of sins. We take comfort knowing that God alone can do all these things, that all things are possible with God. And as we consider the promises of God, we remember too that as we face the deepest and darkest hours of our life, God is there with us just as he has promised, that he will be with us every day of our lives, that he will comfort and support us, that he will never let us fall, that he will keep us safe through all things. We can place our trust in our God, knowing that he is faithful to his promises, and we can live our lives with the same kind of quiet and humble faith that the Virgin Mary showed when she said, See, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. Amen.